Welcome back to Positivity with Isaiah K. Floyd. Today we'll be talking about a bunch of shit. Um, I have not gotten a title for this specific podcast. Actually, I got it. Can't get fooled again. That's what it's going to be. First and foremost, I want to welcome, I guess, a guest on this podcast who will be talking today, Mr. Robert Lee. Yes, he was named after the great Confederate General Robert E. Lee, uh, which we salute to every single day of our lives. No, I'm joking. His full name is Robert Williams. So uh, let's give Rob a round of applause here. And I was poking fun at Rob's name, but Rob, you can kind of explain it. You were, you were explaining your name to me at the beginning. Because <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to already drop. You already knew I was going to drop a joke about it, bro. Man, you didn't have to kill me like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Robert Lee Williams. My boy, like. Ugh. Junior, Junior. <laughs> junior. <laughs> what, you trying to escape liability, I guess? Yeah, man, you know. <laughs> hey, congratulations, man. You, you're you about to have um, uh, twin boys. Uh, you yeah, also man. have a teenage daughter. Uh, yeah, man. So uh, you're obviously living it up here, um, you know. <laughs> and, also, and also you got a new job. Yeah, man. You know, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm you're saying? Looking, you're looking out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Sometimes you put people on, bro. They don't. They don't even thank you, dog. <laughs> hey, hey. So in front of the masses, right here. Hey, uh, man. Thank you, Isaiah K. Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, 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 look. So I guess now you're coming to the firm. So it's like I think it's five of us, and I think there's a total of fifty attorneys. So, I guess, like, one out of ten attorneys at the firm are black. I would say, you know, we're doing a pretty good job (laughs) as far as diversity goes. (laughs) Today, one. Tomorrow, a hundred. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm not even going to lie to you. A a big thing that's going on right now with a lot of corporations is they have these diversity initiatives. Mm -hmm. You'll probably see it when you start because... We got some surveys that we got to fill out, but um, like the corporations won't hire us as panel counsel anymore unless you have a specific number of minorities, and and it's no more of the bullshit minority of a woman, like because right. <laughs> because when we talk about affirmative action, we won't talk about it here, but when we when people talk about affirmative action, the people that benefited the most from affirmative action statistically are white women because white women were classified as a minority. Right. So the white man was like, eh, if I'm going to hire anybody, I'm going to hire my wife. You know, I'm going to hire my daughter. And so they benefited from that particular aspect of affirmative action. And then later on went to go chip away at it, chip away at it, chip away at it. But um, yeah, um, so now a lot of corporations are basically demanding that, you know, you have somebody of, you know, African-American, Hispanic, Asians, um, Pacific Islander. Um, but uh, let's jump to it, man. Um, okay, man. Let's get into it. Black people in this political climate uh, have been bullshitting. 
Alright, and I'm just going to jump to it. And the first thing I'll say is that we have been doing, we haven't been like the Obama days where we just haven't, we just went to sleep because we were like, Obama mm-hmm. got it. It's everything's cool. Mm-hmm. But we have literally been pretty much bullshit, right? Okay. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because in order for there to be some type of change, Politically, not just politically, you know, financial wise, social wise for for our community, the black community, you have to have two things working in our favor. We have to have a community that is working to better ourselves. Right. So there's some type of self responsibility for Mm -hmm. the group. Right. And there's group responsibility and there's individual responsibility. Right. And African-Americans, black people. I don't I don't care how you want to label us. We all black people of African descent. Mm-hmm. We have that specific burden of having to worry about the group of us and also having to worry about us individually, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't think we've been doing a good job on that front. And then there's the other front that is, well, what, you know, what the hell are our elected leaders doing that's something that we have to be worried about. But specifically in this part of this of, of the pod, you know, I just want to talk about our responsibility. I, I noticed on Facebook, the first post I saw was like maybe like three weeks ago. It was like it's another attorney complaining about being the only black face in her office or something like that. Right. And right. so I was just like, OK, you're the only black face in the office. And I read through it and I saw the comments and the comments were all sympathetic. Oh, my God, I know how you feel. Blah, 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 blah. That type of thing. And then I saw a post yesterday, almost of the same specific mindset. Man, I'm, I'm the only black person in my firm working here, whatever like that. And then so it, it just it annoys me. It annoys me because, well, Rob, you, you already know what I do. So I'm a person. And this isn't the booster brag, but I'm a person to go out. Once I get enough political capital at the job, I just start. <laughs> I just start trying to do little subtle changes. You know, I try to do the 48 laws of power and sneak in and do like these changes. And one of the things I started doing when I got there, because I was the only black person at the firm. I started recommending black people to get hired there whenever there was an opening. Hey, I got this person for you. All right. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. Whatever, and and at first, you know, they look at you like, man, he don't even know what the hell he's doing. Why would I hire anybody he recommends, right? But once you build up a reputation of this guy knows what the fuck he's doing, therefore he should be able to spot some type of talent. Mm-hmm. Once you build up that political capital at your job, then you're able to go and say, you should hire Rob. You should hire. You should hire Robert Williams. Really good, well spoken gentleman. Hey, he doesn't have civil litigation experience. He has only criminal litigation experience. How many trials does he have? He has about four. He has about four, three, mm-hmm. three or four. You know, well, that's not a lot of trials. I say, well, you know, I get that. But who else are you going to get? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, who, who else? You know, you don't have a lot of civil attorneys trying cases like that. This guy at least has tried a case. You know, mm-hmm. All he's got to do is learn the federal rules of civil procedure over again and the civil rules, uh, Florida rules of civil procedure, and you got a great associate. 
He can already negotiate because if anybody can fucking negotiate, it's going to be a public fucking defender trying <laughs> working for bullshit pay, trying to get a client who don't want to can listen to you because let's just be real. They the the stigma out there is public defenders are the the people that don't know much. They're not the good lawyers. They, so they you already coming in with this kind of um, uh, strike against you trying to represent a client so that your client don't f*** with you <laughs> the other side the opposing counsel uh, opposing counsel doesn't f*** with you so you gotta really know how to do something as far as negotiation goes so I was right. like yo he should be able to negotiate a case or something like that he should be able to go and do a motion hearing or something like that look at the position that he's in you know and that's kind of how I marketed and sold you and it's similar to how I marketed and sold other people at the firm. And I would say out of the five of us, which includes me, so out of four other people, I would say three of us, three, <laughs> three came from my recommendations. You know what I'm saying? So I think I'm doing pretty good of trying to recruit black talent to the firm. Um, and I'm still trying to move up through the firm as well, through through the partnership track or track or whatever like that. So, But I saw that post and I basically was just like, Bro, change your perspective. You're sitting here with this victim mentality of I can't I'm I'm by myself. I'm all alone. All <laughs> by myself. Instead of saying, how can I get other black attorneys here? But here's 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 one thing I want to push back on when I think when people make those posts I think it is self-grandizing. <clears throat> I believe that people love the fact that they are attorneys and we are only considered black attorneys are only considered to be 5% of the attorney population. So a lot of attorneys will pump their chest because they love the scarcity factor of it. Well, I'm one of the few, the proud, the elites, the black attorneys. They love that. Black men, I see this a lot from black male attorneys. Shit, I'm one of the 2% of attorneys in the nation. So what? You should be helping increase that number to 3%, to 4%, to 5%. You should not be the only black person at your firm. You should have built some type of political capital in order to enable someone else to come over and join you. That's how it works. I mean, not to make any push about immigration or anything like that but one of the I was watching uh, Tucker Carlson and first of all he's racist as fuck but yes, he, is. <laughs> he was basically yes, he like is. he goes they come over and then they bring other people with them after they get over here that's how black people in the workplace should be right we should get in somewhere and start bringing other people in here now as I told you two dynamics in this whole situation with black people, we got to worry about the group collectively, and then we also have to worry about us individual, individually. So we have to also worry about who the fuck we bring over, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have recommended you if I didn't think you could do the job, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. If it's just some random person, I ain't recommend that person because <laughs> because <laughs> I can't I can't fuck it up for the the sixth person the seventh person, the eighth person that's going to come work for the firm. 
That's going to come based on my recommendation. That might not even come based on my recommendation. It might come from somebody else that I put on's recommendation, right? I can't fuck it up from them. Like, well, shit, I just like fucked it up. You know, right. like, he got this other lazy ass person here. Da, da, he sucks. Like, I can't do that. So I have to be really, really selective on who I choose to try to put on and things like that. So right. do have that working against us. But I, I just want to tell everybody out there who does, who, who does those. Um, I have that southern tampin tampian uh accent, so I slur words a lot. But um I just wanna tell everybody out there that uh writes those types of posts of that they're lonely because they're the only black person at <clears> your <throat> job. Shut the fuck up and put somebody on at your job. If not, leave your job, start your own firm, and get black people to join there. You know what I'm saying? That's something that you can do. But I hate the victim mentality of I'm sad because of the state of affairs. We should be working to progress something. We should be working for progression. And all the comments that I saw underneath these posts were just comments of, yeah, I feel the same way. There was nobody there actively trying to insert some type of idea that can better a situation. So, and I think as African-Americans, we've been doing that quite a bit. We've Mm -hmm. been sitting back while this administration goes forth and been kind of complaining, but not really actively coming up with solutions to better our own selves. You know, Um, I recently just came from the movies the other day where over in Bradenton, Florida, AMC, where like there was a bunch of kids out there smoking weed in front of the movie theater, and uh, I kind of thought to myself, like, what, what, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Where are these people's parents? Where are these kids' parents? What's going on here? You know, I called my, I called my other brother. He's a teacher, and he was like, "Yeah, bro, like, welcome. It's really fucked up out here." I said, like, <laughs> "I don't know what you thought." <laughs> And I know you used to be a teacher as well. And yeah, one of the story about that, huh? I got a similar story like that. Okay, what was you? What, what was your story? Well, you know, I, I was coming out of Wawa. I was going to work, and um, I was leaving. And I hear someone says, "Coach Williams." And um, when I hear that, I automatically know that it may be a former student, and that's what it was. So when I went over to the car they were sitting in, the door opens and a cloud comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about they were they were cheaping hard in there, man. I mean, and it hit me up square in the face and it, it took a while for the smoke to dissipate and they had money everywhere. And, and they're like, yeah, coaching, you know, it's good to see you. I caught you slipping. And so I went back to my teaching mode. You know, I started talking my trash like I usually did uh, did when I was a teacher to, to the kids I knew that could handle it. And they started laughing. And I told them, I said, listen, you know, you guys are just asking law enforcement to come over here right now. With all this weed smoking air, you guys are just asking for it. So you guys are going to either – be stopped, searched, and then arrested, or well, with all this money around, somebody's going to rob you. So, you know, it's we had that mentality, you know, our kids, they, they 
want it now. They like the glitz and glamour, and we did too. You know, my, you know, I'm the first millennial, born in '82. So hey, born in '82, graduated in 2000. And, you know, I think every generation has wanted that type of gratification, self gratification, and and wanted that type of uh, energy and excitement when they were young. And you don't make the best decisions. So those kids outside the movie theater, they were not making the best decisions. You know, they just think, you know, it's cool. And they were mimicking what they saw in our, you know, entertainment space, you know, in the Twitterverse, on social media, you know, it just that's the same thing my kids were doing, my former kids were doing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. But you never had, you know, when you see those kids like that, it's always a time to educate those kids. You know, hey, y'all need to, you know, go over there with that or y'all need to stop this because mm. you're just asking to get locked up right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think, that, you know, in those those transactional moments that we that we have with, with people, especially, you know, young black men, it's always a time to educate. It's always that time to, like, hey, man, you, you know, you chill because this, this can either go two ways. Either A, you get robbed, or B, you go to uh, jail. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, I felt the same way you felt. Then I failed up then. <laughs> bro, it was like 12. It was like 12 of them. So I was just like, bro, I just came here to see it quite. Then I failed them then. Because I definitely was sitting back and pretty much saying, nah, I don't say nothing to them. <laughs> And then walk right into the movie. I mean, if you don't, if you don't know him like that, yeah, yeah. Okay, but if you know a kid, then I think you need to uh, probably step to those kids. Because sometimes a lot of, sometimes you try to step to a kid, they get mad at you. You know, <laughs> like who are you? <laughs> exactly. So I, I kind of I saw him and I was like, y'all stupid. You know what I'm saying? And I just I was just I looked and I was like, it's ain't I'm not a teacher. I'm just going to go ahead and go watch my movie. But this didn't make no sense. The problem came, the problem actually continued because they, I'm thinking, oh, they ain't going to come in my movie theater. They're just watching Fast and Furious or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Nah, they was in a quiet place. And it smelled like, I, it, it smelled like the loudest movie theater. <laughs> like, it was, it was bad, bro. It was bad. I just, I got up, got a refund. And I was like, you know, this, that type of stuff, we got to figure out, we got to figure out within our community specifically of, of how to help the youth. And because mm-hmm. that was just wild to me. And I know people will push back and say, well, it's because they're not, their parents are not getting paid enough money. They ain't got time. Their parents don't have enough time to watch them. And there's no maternity leave, no sick leave and stuff like that. I'll just say this, bro. That's bullshit. Everybody's in that though. Yes. Every culture, every race is in it. Yes. You know, that's that, that little trick bag that they have society in, specifically in the middle and working poor. You know, everybody's in that. In my experience as a teacher, it, it didn't matter what race or culture it came from. That person didn't have any money. Then that kid wasn't being watched. You know, I, I worked at an inner city school where kids were not being watched. And then I also worked at a wealthy affluent school where the kids were not being watched because their parents were just wealthy and they just passed that responsibility on to somebody else. <laughs> so so ultimately you know, it comes down to just the home training and parenting. Yeah. 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 I would agree. 
I'd agree. It's it's it's. I don't like saying there's a destruction of values, but I think the generation that's coming behind me doesn't have the same set of values as the generation, as my generation. And I think we've just been kind of losing it more and more and more. That's why I'm more on a political spectrum. You know me, I'm more of a moderate. Because there's yeah, some things I'm very conservative We've had our battles. <laughs> we, We've had our battles. Look, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever seen me write one of those long, lengthy Facebook posts that have to do with politics, probably by the time you finish re- reading it, Rob has already called me to discuss it. <laughs> to the point where we just, sometimes we just got to get off the phone because we'd be going for like hours. So sometimes we'll just have to be like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm done. I, we're going to agree just to disagree. <laughs> So yeah, man, and and and, and y'all kind of saw, y'all kind of heard a little bit of Rob's position, political positions of being a super duper progressive. Uh, <laughs> he's a Bernie bro. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I'm I'm a Bernie bro, man. And that's that's my guy. That's what I get down with, and because it's just a return to the values that actually built the nation. Um, and my, you know, my. Uh, experience to looking at history, those those values of you know um, making sure that the working class was taken care of, you know, and people once they have that that sense of self worth, people work harder, you know, you know. But now we got this top down model where we just you know are taking this micromanaging model and and people are just being you know um, taken advantage of or squeezed out of every. Not only not only like monetary capital that they have, but just social capital, you know, that they have. So you divide this, but that's just that's just my experience, and that's why I look at you know I look back at you know what FDR did, and you know um, a lot of black folks wasn't included in that, but the framework was already set, and we see that there was a different America back in those times. Now everything is get it for yourself, or, you know, and, and, and try to be as successful as you can. So. Well, well, shit, you already said black people wasn't included in that. So let's just go. Let's just talk about. Let's just talk about the shit that we do again. You're this right. is on us. <laughs> this is on us. I want to. I want to put this on us. Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. I want to say Juneteenth becoming a national holiday is on us because at every turn we've let Biden. Just skate by on this bullshit. Like, this mm-hmm. don't make no sense. Kamala Harris, Biden, they ain't did one fucking interview on The Breakfast Club or any other black network, period. I mean, I just saw Pete Buttigieg get on there and he handled it like a straight up man. Like, Pete was like, yeah, you know. He, uh, Charlamagne asked him the question of, so America's racist. He was like, well, I think, you know, I think we all know that, you know, there's a racist history and there's a lot of racist racism taking place. Like, you know what I'm saying? He didn't try to dodge it or nothing. Sure, he didn't say America's racist. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But he <laughs> legit provided a little context to it. Um, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, is America racist? No. Like, come on, bro. She, now, she was just marketing shirts talking about I was that little girl. Remember when she was talking about Joe Biden with busing? And she lied about the whole thing. Oh my God, I couldn't get on my bus because of Joe Biden. 
And I wrote, and I wrote, I said, this going VP situation. And then the black women attacked me. They were like, oh my gosh, she ain't got to be running for second place. I was like, all right, she'll get us beat. And ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, I won $600 betting on, <laughs> did I not rob? I won $600 betting on who was going to not just, I, not, I won more money in the election. But I won $600 just betting on Kamala Harris being the VP of Joe Biden. So, I mean, we've let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris skate by. And they, they give us Juneteenth as an, a federal holiday. Didn't nobody ask for Juneteenth to be a federal holiday? <laughs> nobody asked for this. Let me, let me be, you, you, haven't, you haven't officially come to the firm yet. But let me just tell people when I found out that people was really actually celebrating Juneteenth like that, right? My dad was a history teacher, African-American studies teacher, so I knew what Juneteenth was. I just didn't think nobody took it seriously till I got to the firm. Right. And then I walked in one day and somebody was like, hey, happy Juneteenth. Um, you know, we ain't really like open like that. <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm the only black person here. What are you talking about? Y'all not open like that. Like, yeah, we everybody working like a half day. I'm like, right. all right. So well, y'all celebrate this, this, huh? I, I would say this, though, about Juneteenth. There are millions of black people that don't know what Juneteenth is. They don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, within his first year of being president and making it a national holiday, I think this is the start of a discussion that we're always having a black community um, and being able to talk about the liberation of slaves. And now we have a uh, different narrative coming out that it actually wasn't the last day that uh, slavery ended, but it's all about what a day means. And a lot of people don't know what Juneteenth is. A lot of black folks don't know what Juneteenth is. So Good point. You know, I think it's the start of a conversation. Good point. And that was one of those things that we're always going to be educating our community about. And then um, once we educate our community, other communities will have an appreciation for it, you know, because we get other, you know, culture shoved down our throat, right? You know, you get St. Patty's Day over here. You get, you know, you know, Columbus Day, Cinco de Mayo. And those, when you go to those countries, they don't really uh, celebrate those those days like that. Bro, I don't even know what the hell Cinco de Mayo is for. I don't know what the fuck St. Patrick's Day is for. Listen, like, Fred, I, you know, Fred in my chat there, he's Mexican. And he's like, listen, Mexicans don't really celebrate Cinco de Mayo. That's an American thing. It's not even, it's not even their Independence Day. Right. <laughs> I don't know what it's for. And it's no offense, no offense, but I'm going to push back on that because I agree with you on the point that a lot of blacks in America do not know what Juneteenth is, and this is going right. to bring greater awareness to it, right? But as far as other cultures, other cultures are going to do exactly what we do when it's their federal holiday, when it's a federal holiday for their fucking culture. Don't give a damn about. We don't know what that shit is about. We finna drink. We finna take the day off. We gonna barbecue. That's what we finna do. We don't give a damn about what that day is. It's a bunch of Jewish holidays. Right. That that we have off. I I have I have Jewish frat brothers. I've never asked them what the fuck the holiday means. 
Never. Never. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just trying to get the day off. Like, that's it. I've never asked about it. And I'm actually, I'm actually supposed to pop with uh, uh, a Jewish brother, uh, Dan. Um, so I'll probably ask him on that podcast, bro, what is this federal holiday? What is that federal holiday? And he probably he probably won't know either. I'm just gonna be honest with you, but but yeah, I mean, we don't really be caring about certain things unless we go on Wikipedia and try to figure out what the hell is St. Patty's Day about. <laughs> yeah, just wear green. <laughs> just just wear green, no. and then you know what black people used to tell me? I don't know why you're wearing that. Where I don't know why you celebrating St. Patty's Day with the Irish that used to be the overseas that used to beat our ass in the fields and da da da. I was like, damn, I can't even feel good about you know just drinking. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what this, I don't know what this holiday is about, bro. <laughs> so, bro. I'm just out here. <laughs> I'm just out here. Whatever it is, I'm going to celebrate it with y'all. That's the American way. We about to just celebrate this shit. We don't know what it's about, right? Like, that's right. what we about to do. That's the American way, man. Right. Um, but another thing I'll push back on is I, I, I agree with you on the point. Of yes, yeah, gonna bring greater awareness for our particular community. But would we have rather had Juneteenth or qualified immunity eliminated? Oh, uh, definitely qualified immunity. Exactly. So why the fuck we get, why, why 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 we skip everything? It's a great video on Instagram about this, but you know, where it's basically like police reform, skip <laughs> qualified immunity, skip like. I would rather have something of substance in Biden's first year. But it's not going to be that easy, though. I mean, we, if we can just, you know, be like be witch and just, you know, do you know, do the little head and shake and just have qualified immunity, that's going to be a long, lengthy conversation. Bullshit. And you're, you're going to have, you know, this is better is better than me. You're going to have a whole dialogue, and it's going to go. It's going to be a political football, you know, political soccer ball. It's going to go back and forth, man. With that, so I think Juneteenth was the easy uh, thing to do. I mean, it's a federal holiday. I mean, it's a one, it's another one that I don't think that we're going to give it back. <laughs> we still would like to have qualified immunity, but I'm not going to give a day off back. <laughs> Shit, I give I give them f- uh, Juneteenth back for qualified immunity be eliminated. Oh, oh no! If it was, if it was either or, definitely. Definitely, man. You know, definitely from what I've seen, my days as a criminal defense attorney, yeah. You know, you 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 know, you, you have bad policing out there, man. You really do. And for your viewers, I've had pushed about thirty trials. Okay. <laughs> all of them, all of them usually get dropped or well, I've had a couple of clients please, so you know. You know I, I pushed about thirty of them. I was over there at the States, you know what I'm saying, prosecuting. You know, yeah. I, I I read the fact patterns that come into charging, you know, particular things and the charging information. And um, one time I remember, like, I don't know what it was. The dude was like jaywalking and the cop tased him. And we looked and we was reading it. We were like, bro, you tased this dude for jaywalking. No process. Get the shit out. <laughs> Get the but, shit out. Now, listen, listen, I, I bet I bet that the report, the arrest affidavit was something different than what actually happened. Okay, even with the whole George Floyd thing, the arrest affidavit, even though this guy, this Derek Chauvin was on camera. Ooh, good for transition. Like, for like 50 different angles, he still wrote a different 
narrative on the arrest affidavit. It's like, dude, we have you on video. <laughs> like your video is all over Instagram. It's all, it's gone, you know, gone viral. He still went there and wrote something different. So think about it. If we did not have video cameras, you know, and, and that's why the whole qualified immunity thing is definitely have to be examined, man. And, you know, that's my position on that. Hey, man, a great transition because we were going to talk about Derek, Derek Chauvin. Um, right. Oh, just one more thing about Juneteenth. What I found to be kind of fucked up about it was okay. just seeing some people just so fucking giddy. It just rubbed me the wrong way. You know when they be signing the bills and shit? And you just yeah. see people fucking giddy. Like, oh, my God, yes, Juneteenth. I'm like, bitch, you ain't did shit. Well, that's political theater, man. You know, you got to have political theater. theater. Yeah, it's political theater. It's like, that's all over the world, Isaiah. I mean, you see when the uh, North Korea dictator died and all the people be over there crying, you know, stuff like that. Those people just, you know, it's theater, man. And, and so it's the same way here. You know, that's just when someone signs a bill that, you know, is, is significant within the black community, you know, you know, people may have different opinions about it, but, you know, the liberation of slavery is something that is significant in our community because it's our ancestors. So it's very germane to a black experience, mm. you know, in America. So um, to have a federal holiday outside of Martin Luther King, you know, just what other federal holiday do we have, you know, outside of Martin Luther King for black folks? Who voted against Martin Luther King Day that's celebrated? So what? Who voted against Martin Luther King Day that was celebrated when he passed? Who voted against Martin Luther King Day? That was celebrated when he passed. I have no idea. John McCain? No. Well, yeah, Arizona was one of the last... It was the last to even pass it. Right? I don't know. The last, I, I think just know his ass really voted won. against it. Right, they were one of the last to pass it. But then guess who got an award for the Martin Luther King Foundation? <laughs> John McCain. There we go. And this one I'm talking about with our people. Like, what do we be doing? We we always got to be in this kind of Jesus field. We need to be more like David, not more like Jesus sometimes, right? Sometimes you got to be human and say, F them. You know, it's okay. We don't have to be so forgiving. Like, John McCain, he kind of turned it around. With Medicare for All, tried to get on, oh, he didn't really do Medicare for All, but he, you know, supported Obamacare finally um, after he had got a terminal cancer diagnosis. Um, I know, right? <laughs> but, you know, we get these types of, like, it's it's like, this. he's not a hero. He's not a hero, bro. Like, this dude was a politician. Before he was sick, he would do anything he would have to do in order to get elected. And we just... As a as our as a people, we just got to be more cognizant of that. And I, I and and it's just one of those things. Let me just play the drop real quick. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee. That says, "Fool me once, shame on, shame on you." It fool me. We can't get fooled again. We can't get fooled again. You know what I'm saying? How many times they gonna fool us? But we continuously get played in this whole thing. But let's move on to Derek Chauvin. I think okay. here's another conversation, inter-community conversation. I get people being upset about Derek Chauvin. 
I get right. it, right? I thought he was only facing a maximum of 30 and got 22 and a half, but he's facing a maximum of 40 based upon um, CNBC. And I believe CNBC mm-hmm. is the particular news outlet that cannot lie or manipulate shit for some reason. I forgot the laws on that. I forgot. It's some law, but CNBC, it, NBC, because it's like they serve the public, so they have to give the same amount of time for each political party and stuff like that. To, to, I don't know. but um, So you're facing a maximum of 40, but he got 22 and a half. I get mm-hmm. why people are a little pissed, right? Mm-hmm. I would have been comfortable. What number would what, what, what would you have been comfortable with? 30. <laughs> I would I'd have been comfortable with 30. That's that's me as a lawyer, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's Robert Williams as a lawyer, right? Robert does <laughs> criminal does criminal criminal. Right. I, I, been, I, I, I would have wanted to see the uh see the max, but I would have been comfortable with 30. I would have I mean, been comfortable with 30. Half, 22 and a half, it's an appropriate sentence under the laws of the statutes of Minnesota. Yeah, it is an appropriate sentence if you're looking at the black letter law. But when you start act, you know, adding in the emotion, the temperature of the country, 22 and a half years for a lot of people is going to play the wrong way. Fuck that. They should have added in the fucking egregious. Now, I was listening to the, the sentencing. The judge said he added this in. He factored in the the extent of how blatant this murder was, but nigga, you came out with twenty two and a half. Like, like you didn't really add. You you sprinkled some shit in there. It's just like, but it's just like seasoning. You just kind of throw it in there a little bit. Tap. You know what I'm saying? But they didn't really like season that sentence the right way. You know what I'm saying? And so, I I get it. The problem that I have is when we do these compare and comparison type of things on the internet, it's just like, bro, sentencing, as they told the gentleman in Tampa when he tried to represent himself, they told him, hey, you need to get a lawyer for this one. This is not something you can do pro se because you might get deaf. (laughs) So (laughs) sentencing is a phase after after a conviction at a trial or... It might be a plea type of convention where you better know law to dispute the aggravating factors of you getting a hyped up charge. Mm-hmm. So everybody case is not the same. You comparing somebody who got hit with a 29 year sentence for weed in Florida to Derek Chauvin's sentence ain't comparable. You have no. to know the facts of what went into that. Has this motherfucker is he a three time felon? He's been there four times, five times. What's the score sheet like? In Florida we got score sheets, right, Rob? Right, right. So yep. so you score a certain amount. Like and, and sometimes you can create if I'm not mistaken, Rob, you can do a minor offense and you actually get prison time <laughs> by scoring too fucking high. So, you know, it's it's a. I'm. Tr- I just want to put this on the pod that, ladies and gentlemen, sentencing in the United States is not uniform in all fifty states. It's not. So, don't try to do the compare and comparison. I get you. I get your emotion. I get when you see the number of years somebody gets for for marijuana possession or or selling marijuana to a murder charge. 
I get it. Understand sentencing is not uniform in the nation. Should it be uniformed? No. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck no. They would say... They would say murder is murder, right? You know, but every state, that, that's just the autonomy of every state. And that goes back to the founding of our country, um, that each state should have the autonomy to govern themselves mm-hmm. the way they see fit. Now, if it was something that he, did, he didn't get any type of punishment, then I think you would have saw the federal government step in, <laughs> the DOJ step in there. Uh, somebody was going to lose their job. Somebody, something was going to happen, so. The, the uh, only sentencing that I had an issue was issue with was, and this is a black judge, so we gonna hold our community kind of again. Um, the police officer that shot that boy when he was in his house eating ice cream. Yeah, that was crazy. Right? What should get ten years? Both of them jumped. Yeah, that, that that played itself out to be something of a circus. I, I don't know what you call it, man. Just. Theater or something? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, his brother hugged her. Right, and that just showed, and that goes back to what you're saying. You're like, listen, so it's okay to play hardball. You don't have to always show Jesus in everything that you do. I mean, there, you know, even Jesus got mad. I mean, man, I mean, you had the you had the judge going and giving her a Bible. You had the the black uh, sheriff deputy rubbing her hair, and then you you had the black kid uh, going saying I don't want you to go to jail and after all of that she still appeals her sentence <laughs> so what is she really saying hang on one you second know? here we go here we go hang on it's an old saying in Tennessee I know it's in Texas probably in Tennessee that says fool me once shame on shame on you it fooled me we can't get fooled again <laughs> can't get fooled again bro that's all it is. What what if that would what what the judge would say, you know what? Since the younger brother has said he don't want you to go to prison, let's just let her out. Just get probation. Hey. <laughs> I, I wonder what it what now you fucking um, my anxiety now. <laughs> I wonder what I'm, the uh, reaction would have been. I'm so dead serious. I was dating a girl and the girl was like, Yo, you gotta you should have you ever gotten like therapy for your anxiety? And I was like, Nah, I know how to manage it well. And she was like, Oh, for real? I was like, Yeah, like I'm in. An, I have anxiety right now. You just don't see it. Like, and when that happened, yeah, I was functioning normally. Like, I was walking around functioning normally. For some reason, when he hugged her and said, "I, I forgive you," no, Rob, listen to me. Listen to me real quick. He hugged her and said, "I forgive you." The shit put me in like such a state. I was sweating. Like, you couldn't see it on my face. I got a good poker face. But I was really fucked up because I was like, yo, black people going to blow this shit up at this motherfucker. Don't get no time. <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, I don't I don't know why the fuck he did that. But that's not what we do. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And I hated the excuses. The excuses gave me more anxiety. You can't tell nobody how to fucking grieve. You can't do this. I was like, you know what? That's why it don't fucking say whatever her name first. Uh, what's his name? Botham John. Botham John. Botham John. It says whatever her name versus state of Texas. All right. Right. Fuck that. We don't care about. Okay. I consider his feelings, but I mostly care about 
the citizens. What does this right. mean for the overall citizens? Citizens, because a crimin a crime, it's actually a crime against the public. The yeah, against community. So mm-hmm. I don't like that shit. I didn't like it at all. You know, so that gave me a lot of anxiety, man. The reason I didn't like it is because you got, you know, people like Tucker Carlson and other people um, that have extreme conservative positions saying, look at the love of God. This is how we should be acting. And then they'll stand on a high horse and they know good damn well what they're doing. They're just making a caricature out of this young man. And he doesn't understand that. And so it goes back to the larger narrative about black people. Like, hey, man. That was a crime. That person needs to be severely punished for what they did. You know, I mean, yeah, you can forgive someone all day long. No, that's fine. But the punishment has to be able to be sufficient to the criminal act that was committed. And like I said, after all of that, you know, after the the, uh, judge gave her the Bible and read the Bible and all the scriptures and rubbing her hair. You know, so I don't want you to go to jail. She gets 10 years and she appeals that. So what is she really saying? She's saying, hey. I'm not lying. Right. Thank you. It wasn't my fault that I killed your little brother. It wasn't my fault I killed your older brother. Right. It wasn't my fault that I killed your brother, who was an immigrant. Was he an immigrant over here? He was an immigrant, right? So he was over here. Uh, His parents lived in another country. So he was he was over here, basically going to school, doing whatever. It, it wasn't my fault that I killed him and probably fucked up a better life for y'all, you, your mama too. Like, right? That's what she really saying, right? And so, again, when it comes to religion, bruh, I mean, I know your dad's a pastor, mm-hmm. but when it comes to religion, man, it's like people forget that Jesus went into the church and started flipping over tables. Yeah, yeah, man. Y'all I act mean, like y'all can't be upset about nothing. Right. And, and so when you look at that, I mean, I think it's it's almost like an indoctrination that we got to show the love of God in everything that we do. And it's like, Oop. we, the reason I'm saying, let me be, let, let me clarify here. The reason why I'm saying black people specifically, because we don't have that social capital like everybody else. So we need to take our W when we can. <laughs> oh yes we do I like that bro yeah, we gotta take our W and if the W comes at the expense of a woman that was allegedly so tired from her affair um, right. that she walked into somebody else's apartment and shot bro that could have been me that could have been you that, bro, I, I used to leave my door open all the time so mm-hmm. I mean that could be anybody I mean bro you could probably catch me slipping fixing food or something like that walking my crib <laughs> it, before before this happened you know what I'm saying so I mean it's just crazy man but anyways, well, when you look at a lot when you look at a narrative though what was the narrative oh you know the, a lot of these black men are getting shot because they're not complying or <laughs> that person looked suspicious man this man was sitting in his house eating ice cream yep and got killed yep and what's the first thing they did? Oh, you know, he had a little marijuana. Yeah. It's marijuana. <laughs> That's what what? And after all of that, we still had, you know, I don't want you to go to jail. It's like, listen, yep. I understand how you feel, but you have to understand that this is going to, it's bigger than you, it's bigger than both of them. This, this whole trial here is going to reflect on a lot of other trials across America. And that's the first thing I saw on Fox News. Because I knew I knew Fox News was going to take it around with it. 
And I knew some other conservatives that are on, you know, like CNN, you know, and MSNBC, they took that and they were like, look, you know, how can they be so strong? Man, if you did that to those, their, their family members, they would have done that. Yep. They would have strung you up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's move on to the um to the shit that that's not really on us sometimes, right? Black people, we vote, we massively vote, we we vote in favor of the Democrats majority of the time. Um, that was a little skewed a little bit, you know. They got you know Trump got a little bit more of the black male vote, you know, a little bit more of the black female vote. So, but typically we are we are the Democratic Party. We 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 help them win shit. Right. Just, we need to be honest as black people about this. The Democratic Party ain't shit without black people. It's nothing at all. at all. They wouldn't win shit. Look at the numbers. Nobody's lying to you. We saved the Democratic Party every fucking time. Joe Biden saved by the Democratic Party by black people. Yeah. In South Carolina, his shit was over. We were probably going to have Pete Booter, uh, Pete Buttigieg, or somebody else as the nominee. I think if if Joe Burn. Biden was out, it would get the fuck, bro. You crazy? You get get out of here, bro. Bernie was never going to win. I'm gonna put this on the record. Bernie was never going to win. And if you go back and look at my, if you go back and look at my Facebook post from 2019, y'all will see I'm consistent. And I'm and I've been accurate on my on my political predictions. Bernie Sanders was not going to win because he fucking isolated Democrats. No, it wasn't that. It was just the fact that, you know, you had Democrats and Republicans walking lockstep to talk him down. You know, I saw that on MSNBC. And, you know, unfortunately, that's what most people just look at those corporate news channels and they believe everything that they say. Or they just didn't cover Bernie Sanders. You know, well, pass, man. well, I know somebody else who's splitting the Democratic Party right now. That's fucking Joe Manchin. Oh, yeah, man, that clown. I mean, <laughs> I'll defend him. Okay, let's just give a little background. Joe Manchin uh, refuses to vote in favor of busting up the filibuster in the Senate. So they don't have enough votes for that shit. Um, so that means that you got to get 60 votes to get something passed yeah. in the Senate. <clears throat> Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, no progression. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what, that's how I filibuster, right? You know, it's just, now you need a supermajority, and well, if you're going to filibuster, then you should be, you should have to physically filibuster. Get your behind up there and talk for like twenty hours. <laughs> what they're gonna say is, man, Democrats are the ones that introduced the filibuster, so we we kind of screwed on that one. I mean, right, the Democrats fuck up shit, man. They suck. They suck as a political party. We cater to way too many people. We don't cater to our base. We should really Democrat. If the Democratic Party really wanted to be successful, they would just cater to white progressives, black people, and a specific demographic of Hispanics. Well, you can't do that because you, you know they yes, can't. The f- can. I mean, they can't. No, they can't do that. Yes, the f- we can. Too. Well, they're trying to serve two masters. You know, you got a corporate overlords too now. They got people. They got people writing these million dollar checks, <laughs> shadow money coming in, and so. But that's that's you know. the that's the white that's the white liberals though. Right. That's the. They, but, I mean, if you look at Amazon, if you look at, at at Facebook, they're white liberals. I'm not saying that they're progressives. Let me change that up. I apologize. 
That's but those are white thing. liberals. You can still cater, cater to them, black people, uh, the LGBTQ, and a certain sect of the Hispanic population. We know what that sect is. We ain't got to say it on here. But right. if you cater to that, because there's another Hispanic population that will vote, re- you can try as much as you want. They don't want to hear shit that got anything to be associated with socialism. They don't want to hear shit that looks like communism. They don't want to see it. it. Just, just call it what it is. It's Cubans in South Florida, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it is, it's Cubans, people from Venezuela, um, whatever has a dictatorial regime, <laughs> dictator regime, and they 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 immigrate over here. They not fucking with it. So you might as well bypass them and just fuck with certain sect, and then try to get. I would say try to get some of your Asian community. But again. With the Asian community, you got the same thing as you have with the Hispanic community. You got some diversity there. You know, so you gotta just fuck with certain people that don't come from those authoritarian messing up regimes. So you gotta like cater to those particular people uh, that are Asians. I mean, it's very simple, bro. Trump figured it out. Let me just be racist and cater to poor white people and rich. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. That's all I gotta do, and I get I, and all I gotta do is take a little bit from here. I gotta take a couple, couple black people, couple Hispanics here, and I win an election. It's all a well, fucking numbers game. Well, a lot of people, you know, as crazy as it sounds, a lot of black folks found Trump relatable. Man, they just found him relatable. I mean, they just like that he got out there and just talk trash, talking shit. You know? Yeah. When Joe Manchin, you know, voting rights is up. Joe Manchin was like, nah. I'm not going to push this bill. I'm not going to vote for this bill. It's never going to get passed by Republicans. So he's gone and he's tried to remix this bill. I'll agree with Joe Manchin on this one. If you're not going to support getting rid of the filibuster, bro, you might as well work your ass off to try to get enough votes from Republicans on a voters' rights bill. The problem is, Joe Manchin, Republicans know that they are fading. They know that they're not able to get enough votes. They know if Democrats show up like they showed up in this this new election, that they will lose every single election. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they are not going to negotiate with you, stupid. He's fucking stupid. You think that they're coming to the table to negotiate? They have no reason to. There's a book called Getting to Yes, where you talk about negotiations. And when in a part of that book is they talk about you have to evaluate what the other person wants and what the other person needs. Mm-hmm. The Republicans need votes. The best way that they could they, they 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 cannot get votes. They can't really expand like they want to. The only way they can do it is if they suppress your key population's votes, Democrats. And who's mm-hmm. your key population? Black people. Black folks. If they can shut your black population down, then they ain't really got to worry about the rest of them. I get what he's trying to do and I respect what he's trying to do. I'm trying to go across the aisle. I'm trying to negotiate, blah, 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 blah. But I don't. It's a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger. (laughs) He knows it's going to fail. It's just political theater. You know what you're doing, man. You've been in the Senate. What? He's been in the Senate over 20 years now. Yep. He knows what's going on. He ain't stupid. Mm. He knows it's a nothing burger. He's just doing that for the cameras. Yep, you're right. I, I'll give it to you. 
I was trying my best, bro, to put up a slight little defense for him. But you're right. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to negotiate with somebody that's telling you, hell no. You know, they are telling you that, you know, before you even ask. They're looking at you before you even get up out of your seat and, you know, come to their office or, you know, walk towards them. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's just what it is. Yeah. You're right. I remember t- I remember talking to Randolph, you know, our state senator Randolph Bracy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this was like a while back. You act like and I know Randolph- the state. But that's our fault as black people. I'm joking. Well, I do know the state senators, <laughs> ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Say, do not. <laughs> <laughs> this is about five years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say six years ago. I was talking to him at the, uh, it was a Democratic meeting here in Orlando. Like, I forgot what it was. But man, he were just talking. And I said, you know, this is when he was still in the Florida house. And he just, he told me when they asked for stuff, it's just a no. It was just one word. No. <laughs> ah! He asked stuff for a Republican. No. It ain't no negotiation. It's straight up. No. That's it. Because black people don't <laughs> you know, vote in these. I'm not going to talk either. with you. Because we don't vote in the state elections. Right. right. So, so, yeah. That's how they roll. That's why DeSantis be running through with everything he fucking But see, that's the type of you know, buffoonery that's going on with Joe Manchin that I'm going to go try to work across the aisle with somebody like that. You know, like, dude, this guy really is trying to institute an authoritarian government in, in the state of Florida. And you got people like that. You got senators and you got, you know, people in the House, Republicans in the House, all the exact same way. And it's, it's like, what are you doing? Oh, mm. you down with that. So we need to get your ass about it off. So the people in West Virginia, that's their decision. They need to get his ass up out of, out of office, man, because he's really stifling progress, him and Cinema. I mean, they, they're not going to get his ass out of office because he's the only Democrat in that. He's, a, he's in a majority red state. Right. And, <laughs> and they poor as hell, too. Mississippi is the poorest fucking state in this. Oh, I know. I know. They're in West Virginia, too. They're in West Virginia after that. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to the. Um, it's not called the Asian hate and not called the Asian crime bill, ladies and gentlemen. I hate the fact that people just run with talking points. It's called the COVID 19 hate crimes bill. Okay. Right. Um, what do you think about that? <laughs> I think that we have, I think way too many people getting caught up in the name of it. And when you look somewhat through the text that it it is more inclusive than a lot of people believe it is. Um, We do have, it's undisputable that we do have a rise in the Asian hate that's going across. I mean, what happened in Atlanta, what's going on in San Francisco, there are incidents of, you know, Asians being targeted. And also, I don't think a lot of people understand that, you know, our country did target uh, Japanese, pe- uh, Jap- Japanese people, and that's the uh, core Matsu versus U.S. You know, we learned about that in law school. That yep. they locked everybody camps. up. So what? Internment camps, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, Asian hate has not been something new. Um, I do think that it's something that, why can't we be, you know, locked up with another community that's being targeted for something 
uh, hideous and being targeted for, you know, just being erased. We should be just together with that community. Uh, I think a lot of people, that Asian hate bill rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But I don't think a lot of people really read the bill. I, th- I just think they just saw the title and were like, oh, my gosh, you know, they got a crime bill. They got an anti-crime bill, anti-hate bill. What about us? And if you read the text, if you read what's in the bill, it's a lot more inclusive. I mean, yes, it is going to primarily target uh, Asian Americans, but, you know, it's talking about a social good. I mean, at this point, I mean, I, I, I like it. You know, you know, I have no uh, issue with it. I have full support of it. I think the United States has a history of not just discriminating against Japanese, Japanese American. Let me be uh, right. Japan did attack Pearl Harbor in uh, that did result in two nuclear weapons being dropped on their country. Um, The United States today still remains the only country to ever drop. This is something people don't know. The United States today remains to be the only country to ever drop a nuclear bomb. Two. 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 <laughs> like, two no, we all, we've, the only country to have ever dropped a nuclear weapon on another country. Yeah. <laughs> so, but also the United States has a history of um, discrimination against Chinese people. There's a major reason why a lot of Chinese people have the name Lee. Right. Um, uh, and I would, you know, if you guys want to do a deep dive into that to figure out the history of that, you guys can do that. I'm not going to really explain that on the pod, but... Here's what the Asian... <laughs> oh, Jesus, I got caught up in the name. Here's what the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act showed me. I don't want to hear shit else about legislation not being able to be narrowly tailored to black issues. Exactly. That's all. I respect my Asian brothers and sisters. I don't want to sound like that racist guy. It's like, I have a lot of black friends. I have a lot of Asian friends. I just don't want shit else to be said when it comes to having things to be narrowly tailored for our community, for the black community. Because that crime bill, that hate crimes act, even though it's a bunch of fluff, ladies and gentlemen, there's some bullshit in there. Ain't ain't really nothing. It's just a fluff. Every every bill is too. But <laughs> it, it is some good in there though. It's it's they they what they move it up on the list of what they're going to investigate. Like that's bullshit, man. They ain't getting nobody no extra charges or nothing for it. So it's just like what the fuck is this type of thing. But that particular act or that bill, whatever you want to call it, shows that we can narrowly tailor. We can come together to narrowly tailor. Things to protect the black community. So when we talk about police reform, we can narrowly tailor something mm-hmm. to specifically protect the black community. When we talk about economic policy to 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 assist in um, bridging or narrowing the black wealth gap, the the white wealth gap between the black wealth gap. When we talk about narrowing that wealth gap, we know now that. We are able to do this. This is what the U.S. Constitution has always... This, when we was in con law, this is what it's all about. You can't specifically, because of the Equal Protection Clause, is a double-edged sword. You cannot put legislation in specifically for the, 
for the purpose of race. Because it has to pass strict scrutiny tests. I'm not going to take everybody through this journey. I have a podcast on constitutional law. I might try to get Professor Broussard on here. Please do for that. Please. (laughs) But you have to pass a certain test for that. So it's a double-edged sword. And and yes, there's been tons of stuff that's been passed to remedy past discrimination. But that's when we had a great Supreme Court that wasn't as conservative. That shit ain't going to pass today. So in order to get something to be passed under the Equal Protection Clause, you got to get something that is narrowly tailored to that issue. You have Mm -hmm. to address it. Me and you, Rob, always talk. We don't care about trickle-down shit. The gap continues to grow and grow and grow, but we keep talking about, well, this will benefit everybody, but it also benefit African-Americans the most. So we need some type of legislation that is nearly tailored so that we are able to get ourselves back on track. And what I saw from our Asian brothers and sisters was that, that shit, they advocated, mind you, they don't fucking vote like that. (laughs) <laughs> they they represent something like 3% of the population mm-hmm. but they were able to get this narrowly tailored ass bill that we not even able to get you know the reason why because everybody's fighting for their vote they see that the Asian population is starting to grow in the United States yeah. this is true bro it's starting to grow in the United States the Hispanic population is also starting to grow in the United States but again Democrats are again ignoring the black folk and you know why? If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, <laughs> and you ain't black. That's why. Because we are hit with this same narrative every single time. And 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 I pushed back on Charlamagne the guy when he was like, I'm not voting for you on the basis that just because I don't like Trump. She, I might as well vote for a third. We might have to do that one day. We really might have to do that in the upcoming... It depends on which if DeSantis running, we can't do it. But no. <laughs> but, but we, we might have that. to do this because we can't have this. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. We can't have that shit no more. We right. can't. Because what we're seeing is that other demographics are able to get shit done for themselves. So I agree with my my, my black community that's up in arms about they keep calling that shit the Asian Crime Bill, but the COVID nineteen hate crimes act. I get it. We should be upset because what we're seeing is that we are able to narrowly tailor legislation to help a particular group. Well, I, I mean, the number one thing is reparations, right? You know, we get reparations, bro. <laughs> yeah, we, that, that, that's the thing. But you know, definitely looking at police brutality. I think I think we do have. Rob is taking us past an hour, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're listening oh, to it, it's like, God damn, we yeah. passed an hour. Yeah. Now nah, it's cool, bro. I'm yeah. fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Nah, keep going. But. I think that we do have the uh, the ear of uh, of actually the world when we start talking about police brutality, and it's going to be on us to continually put that heat on our elected officials any way we can. And every time they think that you know the coast is clear, like no, 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 what about this? You know, I'm still I haven't moved off my square. And if we keep it up, man, I think that something will have to be done because right now we just, you know, what we're complaining about continues to happen, right? You know, it's, it's, it's keeping happening. It's keep happening, happening, happening. And I do understand, you know, how people may feel about the Asian crime bill. I do. I think it's a lot more inclusive, but you're right. We are able to get things narrowly tailored for a specific community. 
in this country. We can get that done. So, I mean, that's without a doubt. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, what would you give Biden right now? 10 being the uh, highest, 1 out of 10. 10 being the highest. What, what's your I rating? Get, I give him about 7.5. And this is coming from progressive. I think, I think man, it's, it's, it's like, you know, 75%. You know, it's, it's not a C. It's pretty high because... You know, you can't be all things to all people all the time. Mm. And I think that he has not been as corporate as I thought he would starting out. Um, he is seeming to be leaning a ear to the progressive community. It's not everything that we want. Um, I think that uh, from what I heard, what I really feared, about his presidency really hasn't manifested itself. I think it's almost too early at this point, you know, but I give him about 7.5. I don't, I give him a five, a five. He has not waived any type of student loan debt. <laughs> I can't yeah, get behind him. I mean, well, I mean, that's not going to happen. Though. It should. It need him. It needs to happen, but it's not going to happen. I mean, he said he would at least try to do 10000 I ain't seen 10000 come off my account yet. <laughs> I'm dead serious, bro. Look, man, he got a 10, bro. He hasn't passed anything essential for African Americans um, or, or black people in the United States. He hasn't done anything for student loan debt. Those are my major issues. Um... Right. The, I mean, the one thing I, I can say, credit I mean, him for is that he just hasn't been Trump. I think he's been better than that, man. I'll be more fractional. Um, he has, he's, he's, he's not been a train record. Trump has been. But there's been some things that, for me, he's not as been as corporate as I thought he would be. Um, I think I'm hopeful that a lot more things are in the pipeline, but I don't know. You know, I think that he's 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 coming along. So that's what I would say. So I give him a seven point five. What do you rank Kamala Harris, who is never going to be the president of the United States? <laughs> well, typically the VPs don't have any. Hang on one second. Hang on, hang on one second, Rob. And for the AKs out there, I don't care. Attack me. I don't give a damn. Attack me if you want to. I'm not, I don't know if it's. I don't know if Biden is setting her up or what, but it's clear that she doesn't know how to. Um, she's lacking a little emotional intelligence here and there. You know, do not come. Don't come. <laughs> Did she tell the? Uh, I think that some people. I think the Hispanics not to come, and then she went to the border or something like that. I think she did. But I, it's just the fact, again, Democrats serve too many bases. If, if I was Democrats, I would not serve the immigration bases. I'd say, fuck that. No. Immigration, and I'm going to have a pod about it, is probably one of the most complicated issues. It is. Um, it's so it. That people will try to make it seem like it's easy. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you. From a legal standpoint, as a lawyer, as a person who looks at the economics of things, it is a very, very complicated issue, immigration is. And it goes right past your little feelings 
about certain things. So, um, you know, uh, you know, I think the ACLU or something, they came out against her basically saying that, oh, you're trying to tell people that they can't seek asylum. That's on her, bro. I, I don't know who wrote that for her. Um, she, I don't know why Biden tasked her with handling immigration. Um, it's not her strong suit. She should have been tasked with handling policing issues in the United States. She is a prosecutor. Um, That's the wrong look, though. (laughs) What you mean? I mean, she's a prosecutor, but what was the narrative against her when she was running for president? I'll push back on a little bit of that. Some of that stuff she did, but she wasn't in the new school of prosecutors that you and I know. I mean, when you were there, you had Aramis, right? That Mm -hmm. was the, okay. She's not a part of that new school. She was still a part of that tough on crime school where everybody was tough on crime. Right. Now everybody switched their whole agenda to we need to be a little bit softer. This doesn't make sense, you know, <laughs> which we've been screaming for for years. But, you know, so I, I won't I won't kill her on that one. I will kill her on the, the she did keep prisoners in jail <laughs> to do firework. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's not a lie, y'all. I'm being <laughs> dead serious. Like, y'all need to look that up for real. That is real. I um I don't care how somebody tries to shape that, but that's politics, and that's the game that Kamala Harris will play. Um, and she 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 played it very well. She played it all the way to being the vice president of the United States. But I don't think she's gonna make it to president of the United States. I think. Stacey Abrams, and I'm not trying to compare black women, I think Stacey Abrams as a candidate, period, even though she did not win a Georgia governor race, but we know why. Oh, yeah. I think she is a great presidential candidate in the future, period, regardless of gender, regardless of race. She's your person that you probably want to get behind. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, for Kamala Harris rating, I give her a three. And I think that she needs to go talk to Joe Biden and say, get me to fuck off this immigration mm-hmm. thing. Put me on policing, black issues, things of that nature. Hell, put me on Asian issues, too. She just let me, come from California. Let me, if, if I'm be black and Indian, did, I know this might sound bad to people, but let me show up for my base. Let me show up for my demographic. You know, if if I can get your black voters and I can also increase the Asian vote, let me try to do that for you. Let me work on policing issues. Let me see what's up with the Asian community as they're growing and they're starting to vote. Let me do that. Let me try to do those things. But they put it on immigration? Like, what the fuck? So, yeah. Yeah, man. That's a whole other pod, man. <laughs> <laughs>